Welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. This is Mike Salen of Cake Fear Men, and I thank you for joining us tonight. On this program, we talk with, uh, with men who have a vested interest in helping men to be the men God has called us to be. And today, I have Dale Brown with me. Dale is the founder of Men's Divorce Recovery, a ministry that empowers divorced men through support, encouragement, knowledge to survive and thrive beyond their divorce to become a resilient, strong, and wise asset to the world. Dale is, is located in Austin, Texas. He's half the, half the continent away from where I'm at, but it's great that we can use this technology to have a face-to-face -face conversation. Dale, I just really thank you for joining us today. I am absolutely thrilled to be here, Mike, again. I miss you guys in Cape Fear, but hopefully we'll be back sometime. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you back here sometime at some point. So, you know, we always got something going on that uh, uh, that you could really be involved in. Probably next year we'll get you back out here mm -hmm. for an Iron, Iron Shark Design Conference uh, mm -hmm. next spring. Uh, thoroughly enjoy working with you and having you around when, when we do those things. Well, Dale, let's uh, let's talk about divorce recovery a little bit. What is that ministry is all about? What what is men's divorce recovery? And how did God move you into that? If you can maybe give us the reader digest version of that. Well, I can tell you that if 10 years ago you told me you would have told me that I would be where I am today, I would have said there is no possible way that my pathway would have gone the way it was. I anticipated being a pastor and living the pastor's life, uh, probably retiring as a pastor, maybe moving overseas at the last years of life. But those plans were definitely thwarted. <laughs> they, the mm. life took some, some pretty amazing turns. And part of that was having to do it with church. Uh, and then part of this having to do with an unchosen divorce. So related to divorce recovery, um, I uh, was, my family were living in Austin uh, after moving back from pastoring church in New England. And, uh, I went on a teaching trip to Africa, came back, and after 30 years of marriage, my wife had left me, had moved out of the church parsonage. Nobody in the church even knew she was gone. She snuck out in the middle of the night. Um, so, you know, that's there's a whole lot more of that story, obviously, than that. But on top of all the things that happened to me, uh, this was kind of the last straw, the last, you know, crushing blow. And I was really devastated. And, you know, I, I guess I probably had those normal sorts of grief experiences you know both my parents have died mm -hmm. i have a sister who was my oldest sister taking her life at the age of 50 that was 25 years ago and you know just the normal ups and downs of course being a pastor is, is traumatic in and of itself but also an amazing privilege but but this divorce really uh was unexpected uh, you know i was not it was unbiblical on her part it was she'd gone to a pastor our, our pastor and try to talk him to him into it. And he was like, excuse me, there's no cause for you to do this at all. So, um, but out of that experience, then I realized that there just was not a, a good a solid ministries to men going through divorce. So if you, so what I did is I go on Amazon, I read, I went on Amazon, I found some books about uh, how you can get a woman into bed. That was a good divorce recovery book there. And I was like, you know, <laughs> and then uh, either yeah. have to get all the money you can out of your soon to be ex-wife or keep her from getting all the money she can out of you. And that was not of interest to me. There, there are some good resources for uh, dads, being a divorced dad. That was wow. on there. 
But I, you know, one book I did find was Kristen Armstrong's book. Uh, it was she was married to Lance Armstrong of Austin fame, and uh, she was married to him way back in the early two thousands and had two kids by him, I believe. And then she he divorced her. I think he chased after uh, Cheryl Crow at the time. But she she's a great Christian and wrote a book for women, a divorce book for women, uh, a devotional. And so I read it and I thought that's great. But having worked with men for you know, 30 years of ministry, having been in Promise Keepers, having, you know, worked some with Richard Rohr and that whole spiritual journeys of men, then, you know, I know that the journey of men is, of a man is very different than a woman. I mean, there are similarities, right. but, the, right. but the journey is, is distinct. And nothing was covering that particular aspect of a man's journey when they go through divorce. So God led me to write the book. I say, God led me to write the book that I wish I'd had and I hope you never need. <laughs> so mm. the fewer of these books that I sell, the better. Uh, but uh, to get the book into the hands of divorced men is really critical. And God really led me. This was back in 2016, you know, to start men's divorce recovery with a mission that you just stated. Because I think that that. Well, 80% of divorces are filed by women. So whatever else you want to say about that, then that means that, uh, you know, most divorces are instigated by the woman. And we I totally understand that often it's a very needed thing. You know, if you're, if you're an abusive husband, we'd always counsel you need to get a divorce from your husband. I mean, your wife. I'm sorry, let me say that. you need a good divorce from your husband because physical abusers very seldom change. You know, sometimes that happens. But if there's physical safety involved or other kinds of abuse, then we, oh, you know, my career absolutely. would say you just got to get out of that thing and let yeah. get some separation. But yeah. uh, many times it's the, in this day and age, it's the woman leaving the man. And that was my case. Uh, there's a thing called walk, white, walk away wife syndrome that, you know, your, your listeners may want to poke into. But, but the men that we get coming to men's divorce recovery are the men who are, in general, pretty good guys. You know, most of them did not cheat on their wives. They didn't have, you know, radical addictions that led to this divorce. I, I think there's something in the culture, you know, that's, a, in a sense, a good thing that says, you know, women need to step into, you know, who they are and they're fully human beings and all that kind of stuff. But a negative side effect of that, I believe, is is this empowering women to take those steps of divorce when it's not needed. And I'm afraid that that uh, sort of thinking has infected Christian counseling as well. You know, as a pastor for many, many years, I would never start with divorce as your option. I would always try to get the couple together. Um, and so, well, we now, know, we, yeah, well, we know that Scripture tells us that God hates divorce. He hates divorce. And, you know, in my particular case, then, you know, my wife, now ex-wife, was a very hard person to live with. I, can't say, I shouldn't say too much, but she I was not sad that she left me because she was just such a critical and negative person. Um, but it still hurts so much. And over the years working with divorced men, then what I've, what I've come to believe is that, you know, when God put together male and female in creation, that is that social fabric is as significant as what you might call this, this physical fabric of the universe. You know, we're still to understand the, you know, space time continuum, you know, the, uh, the gravity and, and all the, the way that the universe is pulled together, dark energy and dark matter. But there's something that holds all this thing together and, and makes it work. We know God made that. 
Well, when it comes to the social working of God's highest creation, which is humanity, this male-female union is the fabric. And even if the divorce is wanted, when that fabric is torn, there is pain and suffering. Um, and that's why God hates divorce, because it's a it's a rift in the, in the, in the social fabric, and that rift hurts. Even if you're completely okay with not living with the rest for the rest of your life with that person, which was my case, which was my, uh, which was my case, but the pain was very, very deep. And, and so we start, I started a ministry, you know, to divorce men, men's divorce recovery. It didn't, it kind of piddled along until I have a, I acquired a partner uh, about a year ago, uh, Chris Espinoza and Chris reached out to me. His story is amazing. He was in Portland and he was in the middle of divorce and he was struggling. Uh, he found my book on, on Amazon and said it really, got me through it. And so he called me and said, I want to help you. So now we have a partnership. We started a podcast uh, about uh, last April. I think we're on a 26th episode. And, and so far we've had uh, over 15,000 downloads with people listening all over the world. We have 30 plus countries, which is remarkable to me. In fact, we have a good group out of Australia and we Zoom with them, you know, every, once a month with our Australian guys. But there's, but there's so much pain out there. And, you know, Mike, I work with I'm a hospice chaplain, so I work with dying men. I'm a Travis County Sheriff's Office chaplain. That's my full-time job. And we work with men that are law enforcement officers, corrections officers, and then men in prison. And I ran a reentry ministry for men coming out of prison for two years just before this job. And we're also working with divorced men. So the common denominator is, you know, these men in crisis. Uh, and, and men are in a crisis because human beings hurt when things go poorly for them by their own choosing or by something that's been done to them. But I think there's really a deeper crisis among men that is increasing the pain. And as evidence of that, you know, I'm in Austin, Texas, and within a 500 mile radius of me, right in this space, there have been, I want to say seven major mass shootings in the last yeah. five years. So we have two at Fort Hood, those were a little earlier, uh, Santa Fe down in Houston. We had five police officers just get slaughtered in uh, mm. in Dallas a few years ago. Uh, we have the El Paso shooting, the Walmart, the young guy that just decided he just hated Mexicans and went to that Walmart, uh, shot up 20-something people. Uh, the uh, uh, Richland Springs uh, massacre, young guy. Mm. What was the issue there? His, he was estranged from his wife. And his mother-in-law was in that church. That church is 60 miles from us. And he went in there and just killed, you know, over 20 people before he himself was a, a, a shot by a neighbor who was smart enough to bring his gun out and take him. And then, of course, we have Uvalde, which is about 130 miles away from here. And the common denominator there is these young men who are just don't know what to do with their pain. You know, so, you know, Richard, we always say in Minister Warsaw, okay, Richard Rohr says, that men that pain that's not transformed is transmitted. And that is just the mm. law of the universe. Pain that is not transformed is going to come out somewhere, some way. You know, you talk it out mm. or take it out. And yet men just don't do that. It's and, and we're not mm. encouraged to do that at all. So yeah. Yeah. So many of these young men, uh, it's not in every case, but it's a large majority of them. Uh, you find out they've come from broken homes or they've come from absent dad situations. And, and, uh, and you're right. They, they, they've not had that, that solid male role model in their lives. And, and of course, a lot of that comes from divorce uh, in, in some ways. And so it's, 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 
it's definitely needed ministry. And I know with the type of ministry you're in, you see a lot more divorce cases than the average person, the average person in ministry probably. But uh, let's kind of look at it. Is, is, is there a difference or is there more from uh, divorce cases from people of the, that, that, that is not in church versus those who are in church? A difference, let's say, from the worldly standpoint, standpoint versus the church standpoint is the is the divorce rate about the same or is it different or you know the what the men we get are are reaching out to specifically christian ministry mm-hmm. and so we don't get guys there's plenty of help out there if you're not a christian <laughs> you're getting divorced yeah. there's well, plenty of you know this self-destructive help just to, like i said before the resources i mentioned so the guys we get are getting are are in general Christians and, and many of them are strong Christians. Like we have several that are that they were in ministry together with their wives, either pastoring churches or missionaries, you know, on the mission field. Uh, I, th- I think the stats are that divorce among uh, Christians is about the same. It may be a little lower than the general population, but you know, in, I'd like to point out more research recently has shown that through some research by Barna, you know kind of correlated with other uh, Pew research and everything. I've shown that really when you're talking about the evangelical Christians in America, that the high numbers, maybe 40% or 35 or 40%, something like that. And it's been a while since I've looked at this, but but those high numbers are radically, radically exaggerated that really about six to 8% of the American population are truly Bible believing, church going, solid Christians. So when we hear about Christians do this or Christians are bad because it's very popular right now right. to slam in every single take every single opportunity to slam Christians either overtly or most usually covertly because it takes courage to do that and sometimes cowards yeah. are perpetrating this, then you're talking about a, you're not talking about this is not a Christian nation. It is a very minority Christian nation, um, you know, only six, I'd say six to eight percent of, yeah. of that population really are. And when you go into a church, you know, the research shows that the church itself, church members, people that are sitting in that pew in the, you know, main non-denominational church, they are not Christians. They do not understand. As a hospice chaplain, I have been stunned. I would say that out of a hundred patients, oh, I've yeah. had over 2,000 patients, over a hundred out of a hundred patients, about two to three will have what I call living faith, which is a true faith. Yeah. And those yeah. guys are like, yep, I'm ready to go to heaven. Why hadn't God taken me And the rest yeah. of them? You know, are you going to go? Yeah, I think so. Well, why? Well, I think I've been pretty good. And, and I grew up in Southern Baptist life and we were taught from the minus nine months, you know, in my case, you know, minus nine months plus 61 years that you are saved by grace. And yet even people growing up in that environment still do not understand grace and don't get it. They don't get it. So that, that is so true. And that's one of the things when uh, God moved me into this ministry of ministry to men is uh, he really, he pointed me to a scripture uh, in Matthew from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And and Jesus was basically speaking to the church, so to speak. Uh, the church hadn't been fully established at that time, but he was basically warning us exactly what we are seeing in our churches today, that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then, of course, they'll, 
he, he says, someone will say, but didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Didn't I yeah. didn't do this in your name? And he says, but I never knew you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's so many in our churches that fall into that kind of, in that category. And they're going to be surprised, uh, when they, when they, uh, enter eternity. And Jesus looks at him and says, I never knew you. Yeah. It's, it's a sad, sad situation. And I told a group of, group of men here, um, um, just a few weeks ago, I said, the men that scare me the most about their spiritual condition are the men who grew up in church and has not known any other life but a church life. Yeah. Because if you're not careful, you can become inoculated mm. against the gospel. You know, yeah, because you've heard it all your life, and you yeah. think you're you're okay, but um, but it's very important. Uh, getting back to back to your ministry, though, we got sidetracked just a little bit, but uh, I think that was a God thing. But um, divorce cases in the churches is it? Are you seeing seeing more pastors these days having that issue or? Well, that was my. You, know, know, you, you, were, you were a pastor yourself, and you got yeah. you got kind of blindsided by by the fact and what happened to you. But but is, is that kind of a rare, or is that becoming norm? So to speak? I think it's becoming more. You know, I'm sure there's statistics that my sense is that there are more because we do have some people on you know, church staffs and missionaries that were missionaries at one time or very involved like in Campus Crusade or something like that. And uh, their stories are, are traumatic because in a sense, if you're a pastor or you're in Christian ministry, then you start out with your spouse on this Christian journey. I mean, it's, and you're not, it's not supposed to end this way at all. Another kind of shocking piece of that is the very poor response of churches to divorce Mm-hmm. pastor staff and to churches, the churches don't want to deal with it do they they don't and they don't want to deal with divorced people so the mm-hmm. way i kind of say that is you know or, or way in the back in the day then you know 40 years ago then if you were divorced you literally could not in most churches be in leadership i mean it didn't matter the circumstances whether it's biblical divorce or not you were just tainted with this big d yeah and in, in, in what we know divorce was less uh, it was much more rare back in those days. Well, now today, it seems like the church has kind of switched gears in the sense that, well, divorce happens so often that it, it's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, the way I would like to describe the pain you're in when you're divorced compared to these two eras is that let's just say that out of 100 guys uh, back 40 years ago, one guy had to have just by as a lottery, so the way society worked, you had to have your big toe cut off. So if you're the one guy out of 100 that that you were chosen, you had to have your big toe cut off. Well, if you're that guy, you're that's going to hurt, right? Now, let's say things have changed, and now society says, well, 50 out of 100 guys, you have to have your big toe cut off. Well, now, if you're one of those guys, guess what? It's going to hurt just today, just like it did 40 years ago, <laughs> whether there's whether there's one of you or there's 50 of you. Right. And I think the church is, 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 there's a dualistic sort of thing here that, that, it's no big deal because it happens so often, but then they, the church does shun certainly past. And I tried probably 200 church positions and never got through the door into a church position again. And one of, if one of my friends here in Austin, he really said it best. He said, you know what? 
you look great on paper on a resume and but if you're the guy that i want and i'm hiring you know if he's hiring for staff then i know it's going to take me extra work to to investigate what happened with you and to sell you to the church because you're divorced so there's still this deep-seated prejudice in churches against divorce and what this does and what this always does to men whatever their circumstances is when they are pushed away and their pain is not acknowledged then it makes them angrier and it drives them into more isolation so you know the big thing for divorced men is you've got to get connected and we we talk about you've got to build a team and the best way to illustrate this is just think about football. I grew up going to every UT football game, University of Texas home game in the world. I learned a couple of things there. One was that no referee ever seemed to pay any attention to my dad yelling at them. <laughs> it never happened. I went to many, many games, you know, and he screamed, but I don't think they listened to every, even a single word he said. But the other thing was, and we know this to be true, is that when a guy goes down on the field, then amazing medical team rushes out there and starts to work. And we saw that with DeMar wow. Hamlin and they, wow. that was instant. Um, and everybody stops what they're doing. Everybody, you know, watches and they're in their thing. And, and when the guy's down the field, when the team runs up, he says, I got this. He doesn't say, I got this. You know, I don't need you guys. I'm good. I'm a man, you know, get away from me. None of that happens. The guy goes down everybody knows he's hurt. They assess what's going on and they rush the medical team out there. Now, what happens in divorce is, or any other painful event for men in this culture is you are just not supposed to need help. And so that drives men into isolation. Or let's go back to the football illustration. There's another group of people out there on that football field, right? They're called the cheerleaders. Now, yeah. if you're a guy and you went down on the, on the turf, you may rather look at the cheerleaders. You may rather have the cheerleaders come over and look at you and you look at them. But those cheerleaders are not only going to not help you, they're going to get in the way of the medical team. And for divorced right. men and men in pain, the cheerleaders are porn, strip club, prostitution, you know, hookups, that kind of thing. So, guys, if you're in pain, whatever your cause of your pain, you don't need the cheerleaders in your life. They will get in your way. You need that medical team. And so we tell guys, you've got to build this team of, of a good friend, one or two good friends. You don't need any more than that. Your pastor, a men's leader within the church. Uh, you need a counselor, a therapist, and then a lawyer, financial planner, and your medical doctor. And you have got to build the team. And it takes more work than, it used, than, than normal. I should say it just takes more work than it should have yeah. to. And the best way to straight that is say, you know, we just got 988 40 years after 911. So yeah. if, if I have a physical emergency, there is an amazing infrastructure put in place that will be instantly activated if I go down physically. I mean, fire, ambulance, hospital, ER. But when it comes to soul pain, that infrastructure is simply not there in this country. So, men, you have to work harder at it to get this team around you. But you probably will not make it without this team. Men, divorced men are eight times more likely to commit suicide than divorced women and more likely, obviously, to commit suicide than than divorce uh, than just the general population. Um, and then there are all the self-destructive habits, which are the addictions. And porn is, I mean, porn is just made for divorced guys. They're angry at women. They've been told they're not a man, you know, and they're alone and they are isolated. So so for divorced men, everyone that I've talked to struggles with porn because it's just ready made for them. I mean, they can have fun. 
you know, they can get mad. They can get back at woman. You know, they can prove their virility. Uh, this is really a big problem that we that we have to deal with. And the worst men are in their isolated, just set up for for bad addiction and alcohol and drug use and all this kind of stuff. So the stats on on all this is for divorced men and 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 widowed men too in some ways really they are in a very vulnerable spot and let's say that you know the common uh, i think cultural uh, sort of soup of the day is to say well they deserve it i mean men deserve whatever they get it's their turn to feel some pain but you know what nobody wins nobody wins if a man loses if a divorced man suicides no, totally. divorced man goes into self-destructive habits Every single person loses. But if a guy wins, if he comes to Christ and he you know, builds his, his new life around some godly habits that will build his foundation and he steps into that amazing plan that God has for his life, then he wins. His children win. His future wife wins. Her children win. So this is a, a very a large population. There are about 15,000 divorces every uh, week in America, every week. Large population that's hurting but uh, is un very underserved. And then they uh, also do some self-destructive things. So, and this is true of all the men I work with, men coming out of prison. You know, we may blame men, but you know, for water, and sometimes they very much deserve it, but nobody wins if that man is, uh, is if he loses, every single person loses, so. Yeah, and, and, and it hurts me greatly uh, when we have a brother uh, who is going through some marital difficulties that may be headed towards divorce. And we seem to blame the man yep. more than we do the woman. And we, we, we you, know, uh, you know, the old saying is the church shoots its wounded. It don't come alongside of the wounded and, and try, to, try to help them. And you were talking about that team, and that's the reason why you need that team. Uh, to help them walk through the pain, help them walk through the difficulties and the struggles and the issues that they're going to come with. Um, because I'm sure there were times in your own life when you went through this, you had to deal with psychological warfare, so to speak, that you had no idea you, that was there. And you didn't know how to yeah, that pain. Was, in 15 months, I lost my church, and then my mom yeah. died, and then I lost... My wife left me and then I lost two families at that point in the new church. I just started pastoring. So, so it was a bad run, but you know, in the, my testimony is that in that God totally and absolutely met me. I mean, when you're totally stripped down and you have nothing but God, that is probably a good place to be, you know, yeah, and God yeah. totally, he really met me. I mean, I experienced his comfort. I experienced him just holding me and saying, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, you know, I learned a couple of things. You cannot die of crying. You know, you won't die if you cry and you can't cry forever. <laughs> so, so well, it's okay it's, to yeah. cry. It's not going to kill you and you can't do it forever. And it's awesome. Yeah. But, man, it is, man, it is not unmanly for us to cry from time it to is time. Not, you know, it Mike, the, probably the easiest way to, to express the, the okayness of men expressing their heartfelt anguish is to read the Bible. Because as far as we know, the Bible is written by men. We have Miriam's song, we have Mary's song, Hebrews, maybe Priscilla wrote it, we don't know. But every expression, every tender expression or every outcry of pain, David in Psalm 13, man, a man wrote that. In a manly man wrote that. Yeah. James, Paul, you know, these yeah. are manly men. David, King David, 
he fought with a real sword, not in a video game. You know, I mean, he, and so these are manly men that nobody would look at these guys and say, you guys are, are wimps. And yet they would say, I cry out to the God, you know, where are you? You know, these very emotional expressions are written well, they by fall, they, they fall on their face. They fall on their face. They fall on their and, face, yep. Yeah, yep. and just worship, worship God because of the internet. But yeah, I mean, we see that throughout throughout the scriptures of how these men uh, just yield themselves to to the Father. Yeah, to, to minister to them. And that's okay. <laughs> okay. It is, Dale. We're coming up on our time, man. I wish we could continue this discussion because I know we hadn't really broached the subject. Oh, yeah. to minister to men who are. Who are headed towards divorce, or have, or or, he, or has gone into divorce and is trying to recover their life now? Uh, you got so much that you can you can share. I know. And uh, and so, Dale, what what is what is the one thing as we start to wrap this up that you want to share with the guys? If you can think about it a minute or two or something like, that. just that one thing you would like to encourage guys who may be going through the difficulty of moving into a divorce situation or is trying to come out of a divorce situation? Well, a couple of things. I think that, uh, that staying married is usually easier than getting divorced. And when people are getting mm -hmm. divorced, they flip those. They think staying married is impossible and getting divorced is easy. And that's absolutely not true. And you will lose. There's no way to take a single pie and divide it into half and everybody get more pie. It's, it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, what we always tell our men is, we say the two things don't make it worse. You can think a lot of things, but you cannot get in prison, put in prison for thinking those things. If you act on some of those things, they can put you in prison and they will. So, and that happens quite a bit. So I've seen very rational, intelligent, brilliant men act out in this amazing anger that they have in painful ways. We also say determine now that you're going to finish well. So whatever agony you're in, you decide now that when I'm a hospice chaplain stand, you know, talking by at your bedside that we're going to talk about a life well lived. Uh, yeah. and, a, and a fourth thing is you just got to get that team. You cannot do it alone. I, I yeah. very seldom does anything good from a man being alone. It just yeah. doesn't happen. That's not the way we are built. We are built to, to selfishness and that is usually self-destructive. Got to get that team around you. Got to get the good team, not the cheerleaders. <laughs> the cheerleaders will not help you. <laughs> you need the team. You need your pastor, um, another a couple of good men, male friends, yeah. you know, counselor, lawyer, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, Dale, I appreciate your time. Uh, if somebody wanted to get up with you, um, how would they do that? Uh, by your email, maybe? Or step back yeah, if you want to e that? email me, definitely that is an email address that works. Uh, mensdivorcerecovery.org is our website, and then you'll find what we have to offer there. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's really the main place to go. And we encourage you to listen to the podcast. We've had guys that have literally said, I've listened over and over again to the same, you know, same episodes because they're in so much travail and all the way well, up to Canada, to Australia, to Croatia. What is <laughs> your podcast called? What is your podcast called? called? It's called Men's Divorce Recovery. Yep. Okay. I, Apple okay. or whatever you want to do, Men's Divorce Recovery, it shows up there. So. And you can find it on just about any of the podcast websites, right? Every, every single one, I think. So, yep, yep, good, good. Well, Dale, I, I do appreciate you being here. And, and men, if you want to know more about what uh, Cape Fear Men did, uh, is all about, you can reach out to us by going to capefearmen.net. And you can email me directly if you want to 
to ask me any questions or talk to me about anything at mike.salant at takefearmen.net. And, uh, and we will definitely respond to you at, uh, at the appropriate time. Well, thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men and Men's Ministry Coalition. And I encourage you to please leave us a comment about the program. It helps us as we develop more programming to help you as men to fight the battle for men's souls. But for now, I will leave you with this with blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. This is Mike Salmon saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again on the next Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon.